Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Misty Phillip with us here today, who's a podcaster, speaker, author, and entrepreneur who is passionate about helping you spark your soul message. Oh, I love that founder of the Spark Christian Podcast Conference, founder of the Rocket Podcast Community, and host of By His Grace Podcast Show, Misty inspires through her leadership, speaking, and mastermind groups. She currently serves as the Houston Connect leader for Christian women in media. Misty is the author of The Struggle is Real, but so is God, Bible Study, and Spark Podcast Planner 2020. Misty, welcome, and thank you so very much for being here. Hey, Jesse, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Missy, talk to us about spark your soul. What does that mean to you? Because I, I just, that's one of those phrases that when you read it or when you say it, like it makes me, God, I just feel good reading it. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So spark your soul message is, you know, I started writing and speaking late in my life after homeschooling my kids and I gathered a bunch of people around my farm table, uh, to encourage. And I saw just, I love to encourage people and I was encouraging them to follow their dreams. I like to say I'm a dream defender. And, um, and so I noticed this trend of me helping people. And I was like, I want to spark their soul message. So everybody I feel like has a, a, a God-given message to share with the world. And so um, some people just are a little more hesitant to share than others. And so I like to encourage them and spark their soul message. Hmm. You know, I think that is such a unique insight that people, each person has a soul message. And I feel like many of us, have at some basic level, we're aware that there is something inside of us. There's, there's something deeper, some reason, purpose for me being here, that there's something that's on our heart that we're, we're meant to share or do. And oftentimes we're not quite sure what that is or even how to begin to express it and live it out. I'm curious from your experience, Misty, when someone does have their soul message sparked, what is that transformation like for them? Because I think it would be a beautiful gift to give to listeners and viewers so that they could have a picture of what can be possible for them. Yeah. So what I have seen in the circles that I run in and the people that I've encouraged, they have written books. They have uh, quit their jobs to, uh, to pursue a calling on their life. They have started a podcast. They may have been afraid of the technology. And, you know, so they face their fears and um, they, they lean in and, and really step out in faith to do big, scary things um, that, that once they do them, then they find out they weren't that scary after all, mm. but they just needed that, um, that leap of faith to, to ignite them. And so, you know, for anybody who's listening, whether it's a book, a podcast, um, you want to create art or make a course or, um, learn to skydive, whatever, whatever it is that, you know, is the burning desire that you have, you just have to take the next step and just, you know, we, we inch by inch, we step by step and um and then all of a sudden you'll look back and you'll say wow i'm here i did it it's amazing 
How do you, how do you people identify the next step? Because I, I've noticed this with some of my clients too, is there's often I find this conflict between what they feel maybe they should do, what they think they should do, and then what the chirping voices of society, friends, family, community members, whomever, opinion, people with opinions have about what they should or should not do. And with all that feedback coming in, how do people begin to know, and maybe it's trust is the right word, but know and trust and which step is the next step or the right step for them to take? Yeah. So for me, I always tell people to pray and, and seek God and um, really listen to what he has to say and not to look to your left or to your right, um, because God has called us each to an individual purpose. And it may look similar to other people's, but we'll get tripped up if we're focusing on what God is doing in somebody else's life, instead just keeping our eyes on him. Uh, to guide us and direct us to do what he's called us to do. And I believe if we ask that he will tell us. So recently I um, was at a point in my life where I was working on my next book and it wasn't working very well. And I went to the Lord in prayer and I said, God, where does my gifting and my calling line up in this season? Because I feel like we have different seasons of life to do different things. And, um, and that's when he put the spark podcast conference on my heart. And that's where I really started to spark people's soul messages is by empowering them to start their podcasts and share their stories, uh, you know, through podcasting and through writing and speaking. Missy, I'm wondering, if you could, and I think you started to allude to it there, but if you could walk us through maybe the moment that you realized what your soul message was, was it something that you were always intuitively aware of? Was it something that was always kind of, you, you had maybe the puzzle pieces, but you didn't have the whole picture. What was that like for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up, my life was a train wreck. I experienced a mm -hmm. lot of and loss and, um, it really, molded and shaped me in, in my life. And I had to overcome a lot of difficulty. And uh, even uh, in my uh, adult life, lots of challenges that I faced. And I realized that I'm very perseverant and, um, and that I'm an overcomer. And so I think my soul message came out in the struggle is real, but so is God, because I'd been through all of these struggles, but I realized that my faith um, was the thing that helped me to overcome. Um, in the Bible, it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so as I begin to share my story, all of the parts of my story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that's when I, that when I started overcoming. And so that's really my sole message is that no one is beyond God's saving. Do you feel like your, your struggles shaped or maybe strengthen your faith? In, in a way, because I feel like it's, it's always so fascinating with me having these conversations with people who are doing incredible things in the world like you are. And it seems like so many people, it's like that outside observer, right? That when somebody becomes successful, we don't see the journey, we just see where they are. And we look at it as an overnight success, or they must have always been this way, or they must have always had that. And it's, it's utterly fascinating to me that the more I sit and have these conversations, the more I realize folks 
who usually are in this position of doing things and, and achieving in the ways that they want to and contributing meaningfully are some of the ones who have struggled and had their life where it wasn't, I think you said kind of like a train wreck or something beforehand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that your struggles really help solidify and strengthen your faith along the way? Like, I guess in another way to maybe pose that question would be, would your faith be as strong or as solid as it is today without your struggles? You know, I think, I definitely think that it has strengthened me because when mm. you um, come to the absolute end of yourself and there's, you can't do anything more for yourself and you cry out to God that there is just a humbling that happens there and through every trial um, and, and adversity that I faced, you know, we all have a choice. We can either choose to be a victim or we can be a victor. And when we, um, when we face our challenges head on and, and don't allow those challenges to define us, um, instead, we continue to, to keep our eyes, you know, moving forward and looking ahead and, um, you know, ac accepting what's happened, but not making that your story. So, you know, things happened in my life but I don't allow those things to define me. Yes, they molded me and they shaped me, but they're not who I am. And mm -hmm. so I think, you know, having um, really understanding who we are in Christ really helps um, that coupled with that perseverance. So definitely it has strengthened my faith. We were talking a little bit beforehand on offline about division. Yeah. You were saying it's been something that's been really on your heavy on your weight heavily on your heart lately because seeing all the division out there and I, I share a similar sentiment to you I, I see human beings and I see how incredible we can be when we become together and how destructive we can be when we 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 are divided and we lean into that dividedness and you had mentioned that you had been praying you know, praying for that division to heal, praying for unity to come. And I'm wondering a couple of things with division. Number one, do you, when you observe division, do you observe it as something where, I, I don't want to even say that. I, I'm going to ask you, how do you observe division? And then number two, how can we begin to heal division? Or how can we begin to bridge that which divides us and come closer together? Yeah, so I think that we are seeing, you know, what we're seeing un unfolding in the 2020. I mean, 2020 has been quite a year, hasn't it? Um, you know, it started with with the virus and then, um, you know, the, the kind of spark, I think, that took things uh, that kind of set the fire was with, with George Floyd. And we saw a lot of racial tensions. But from there, we've seen just, um, you know, cities being destroyed, looting, violence. Um, there's just, there's a lot of pain in the world. And I, I think the answer goes back to, you know, my Bible study that I wrote. The struggle is real. Like re there are real struggles that we are all facing. Um, but, but God is here in the midst of those struggles. And I think the change starts with us. It begins with us um, listening to others. I think too often there's a lot of argument and people are 
vehement about their opinion, but they don't listen to what the other person is saying. And we don't have to agree on everything, but if we can listen and, and try to have empathy and understanding, because we, we all have different, um, circumstances and experiences that mold and shape us into who we are. But if we would choose to love one another, I mean, it kind of all goes back to the golden rule, right? You treat other people the way you want to be treated and, um, and love and serve people where you can and, and, and be kind and be helpful. I think the, if we all did that, I think the world would be a, a different place. I love what you're saying. And you and I share such a similar belief system and viewpoint on this. And I'm wondering if you might be willing to share an example, because you said something really important. We don't all have to agree. And I think people don't necessarily realize that at times when these divisions spark up, but they think it's this or that. It's an all or nothing. And, and then it becomes this, well, you know, and I think we see it right now in family dynamics, right? Well, you, you think this way, and I don't understand how you can think this way because you and I have always seen so similar in all these other things. And now you're seeing this way. And because you see this way, I just, I can't accept you for that anymore. It's like, and then it almost makes like this whole other narrative a false, like, wait, why were you being my friend or why were you being my, my family for so long when my friends and family wouldn't think this way that you're thinking. And, and I think that's one piece amongst many. So my curiosity is, could you maybe give us an example in your journey of how you were able to love someone through division? You know, someone who you may not have agreed with, someone who you may have had conflict with, someone who you may have agreed to disagree, just so people can have an example of what that process is. Because unfortunately, I think, you know, we all learn by example, right? The beautiful thing about success in any aspect of life is it's replicatable. If we can leave breadcrumbs, others can follow it. And I, my personal opinion is one of the challenges right now is we're not getting, giving examples of what that is. We're giving more examples of how to disagree, more examples of how to hate, more examples of how to not get along, and more examples of how to get upset, angry, mad, frustrated, all those types of things. So maybe it would be helpful if you could provide an example of that just so people could see in real time what can be possible. Yeah. So I just interviewed someone on my podcast. His name is Joel Mom, and he just wrote a book called Love's, Love Slows Down. And in that interview, we talked about it. And I think that this is the best example. The first thing that he said was we have to slow down and slow down because I think too often we react because our, um, he gives a couple of reasons why, why we act out um, because our security has been threatened or our control has been threatened. But whatever reason that causes us to um, respond in a way, if we can just slow down um, and not respond so quickly and just like breathe, take a breath, <laughs> you know, take a minute, um, but then forgive. You know, if someone hurts our feelings or causes us harm, if we don't forgive them, it only hurts us. It doesn't hurt them. And so I think forgiveness is a really big part. But we also just, if, if somebody, if you're in an argument with someone, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't have to agree. You can agree to disagree. But I think it starts with listening and then and then it leads to, you know, 
forgiveness. You have to forgive people when they've hurt you um, so that you can move on to be healthy and, um, and then, you know, kill them with kindness. Um, because uh, I think that, um, you know, in the Bible, it says that we're to love our enemies. And that is a whole lot um, more difficult to do. It's a lot easier to say than it is to do. But if we can really come from a place, if we can see people and, and their value, and that they are people just like we are, whether they look different than us, they're in a different um you know, we're all different, right? We're, but we're all unique, but we're all people. And if we can see their humanity and we can love them through that um, and, and maybe just empathize, I think empathy, again, is, is a real key to this that I think people too often are so busy arguing their point that they don't take time to really understand why the other person feels that way. So maybe saying something like, you know, tell me why you feel that way. Mm -hmm. I don't understand where you're coming from. So please help me understand. Um, but that takes dialogue and discourse that a lot of people aren't willing to have right now. They just want to say their point or throw their, um, you know, hurl their words or, um, you know, fiery arrows at one another and they don't take time to listen. You mentioned something in there about forgiveness. And I remember, and I, I can't remember who exactly said it. So unfortunately, I'm not able to attribute the, the quote to the proper person in real time. Somebody who's listening and watching, maybe you can correct me on that. But it was essentially to the effect of the unwillingness to forgive is like drinking poison, voluntarily drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. We're poisoning ourselves, expecting to cause pain to others. And I have, I have talked to so many people over the years, especially when it comes to areas of personal struggle or grief or guilt, where you'll see this theme of forgiveness popping up and there's an unwillingness to forgive. People want to hold on to the hurt that someone, that they believe somebody intentionally gave them. And maybe in some cases it did, or maybe it was unintentional, but either way they, they have this, almost commitment to holding on to the pain of the hurt, unwilling to forgive because it's in their mind, it feels like if they forgave, then that would make what happened okay. And in so doing, they voluntarily are drinking that poison every single day and it causes this impact effect on their life. Do you have a forgiveness process or practice that you do, Misty, when you feel the need to forgive? And if, and if so, would you be open to sharing it with us? Because I think it would be a really cool thing for people to hear and understand how they can go about to begin to forgive. Absolutely. So whether it's something that has been done to me or something that I've done to myself. So there have been plenty of things in my life that I've had to forgive myself for doing um, as well as forgiving other people. But I think it all begins with taking our thoughts captive because if we continue to think about how hurt we are, how awful that was, how unfair it was, why did this happen? All of those kind of things are not going to move us forward. So I think 
when those thoughts come into our head. Now, I do believe we acknowledge the pain when we're in the pain, we address the pain, and then we move forward, right? And, and then we move forward in forgiveness. So um, once we have, you know, if the thoughts continue to come back, well, why did they do that to me? Or how did that, you know, then you just have to take those thoughts captive and choose to think another thought. And, um, you know, it's, it's not always easy because sometimes our minds can run away with us. But I think if we are intentional about our, our thought life, I think that that can really make a huge difference. And then we have to choose to forgive. And sometimes that means we choose to forgive over and over and over as those thoughts come in. And in, in the Bible, it says, how often do I forgive my brother? 70 times seven. And what that really meant was you continuously forgive. And because we, mm. we, we forgive, then, then God forgives us. I like that. So forgiveness is not a one and done, but it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. Absolutely. Do you find, I'm curious, do you find in your, in your work with people, do you find that there's any correlation between those who are able to really access and lock that soul that's, you know, spark their soul message to those who are able to forgive and those who are not, is it, is it more difficult for those to tap into that soul message if they haven't forgiven or if they're holding on to something versus those who have forgiven and are willing to let go of that, which they were holding on to? Oh yeah. I, I, I can definitely see that. You know, I can speak from personal experience with that because, you know, in my own life, I saw my mother, um, who just had a really hard time with, she had a lot of hurt in her life and she held on to unforgiveness and it, it turned her bitter. And, um, and I watched it physically destroy her and mentally destroy her. And, um, you know, she was really stuck in that sort of pattern her whole life until she, she died. And, um, I think that people who can learn to let go and forgive, I think that they um, definitely can, can move forward and um, can have new experiences and think new thoughts and, um, and spark new messages within them because they can learn to let go. It always amazes me the notion of letting go and how if we let go of that which we're holding on to it also as scary as it may seem it opens us up to receive that's what we're we're likely very meant to receive and do here why we're here absolutely i agree completely um yeah yeah missy before i get to my final questions where can people find you online yeah, so I am everywhere as Misty Phillip. Um, my website is mistyphillip.com. There you can find my books, my blog, my uh, podcast, all of those things. And then also there's links to the other things that I do. You mentioned I'm an entrepreneur. I have the Spark Christian Podcast Conference, and I also have the Rocket Podcast Community where I teach uh, other people how to podcast and encourage them in the journey. And so all of that can be found at mistyphillip.com. And then I also am kind of everywhere online as Misty Phillip. 
That's awesome. And then the podcast teaching you're doing, is it a virtual thing? Or are you able to do live events yet or? Yeah. So the Spark Christian Podcast Conference is the live event and that took place in February 21st and 22nd. You got in in time. Yes, yes. And while um, we launched that event, we announced that we were going to be doing Rocket. And then, you know, we were going to launch it a couple of weeks later and the world fell apart and we were like, oh no, we can't do this. Um, but then about six weeks into it, we felt like people were, were ready to kind of you know, they were over the initial shock of everything and they were ready to, to get plugged in. And I think people were really starving for that connection. And so we launched on April 15th and we've got an amazing uh, group of folks who are uh, working together, inspiring one another. We're, we're doing training and masterminds and really helping them to stay connected and in community and helping them to move forward with their podcast. So yeah, it was, it's, it's been a great thing. And I'm looking forward to the day that we can do, um, you know, live events because that is my favorite. That's my jam being in person and getting to network with everybody. But, um, you know, we just don't have peace yet about when that might be. So we're adapting to this new online world. What kind of feedback have your podcasters given you? Because I, I, I read something that one of the most common activities or one of the top activities or hobbies people have taken up during this time is podcasting. And I can only imagine how invaluable that must have been for your group to be able to have done that training in February, right before this had, and then have the ongoing support with it afterwards. I'm curious is what kind of feedback are they giving? Are they, are they noticing a, a substantial difference? Maybe they're reporting like they have a, a friend who does a podcast who didn't do it versus them and what that experience has been like. Well, everybody that came to the Spark Podcast Conference, I mean, hands down, the reviews were amazing. Just the community that uh, was sparked. And that's what I say. And every time a new podcast is sparked, um, you know, we have seen uh, so many podcasts that, and and they've said things like, um, I couldn't have done this without you. Um, We couldn't have done this without Spark. I couldn't have done this without the training. But the other really neat thing that I've seen coming out of that is all of these people who are being uh, interviewed on each other's podcasts, they're supporting one another, they're they're becoming friends. And that's really cool to me. And then we've just been able to continue that um, with the Rocket community. And they're like, I mean, they say things like, Misty, you're the real deal because I'll do, you know, whatever I can to help people to move them forward. And, um, and we've just really had a lot of fun. That's awesome. Misty, the series is called, this series is called a handful of hope. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of uncertainty. We're in very strange and, you know, unprecedented times for many of us right now. It seems that we struggle to find, a beacon of leadership. It seems we're even struggling to find trust and understanding with some of our our elected officials, um, let alone with one another. Where where would you tell people, or I'm not going to say where would you, where would you like to tell people to look for hope? And where where do you look and find hope? Yeah, so I think that Jesus Christ is 
our only hope um, because he ransomed his life to save us all. And so my go-to is the word of God that tells the story of man from the beginning of time um, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it also tells of, of what's to happen in the future. And because I know who holds my future, um, which is the Lord, I can be confident and I can have hope that no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what struggle that I may face, whether it's a sickness, a job loss, um, the craziness of 2020, whatever it is, my hope um, is in Jesus. And because my hope is in Jesus, like Paul talked about being beaten and shipwrecked and all of these terrible things, if you've read the Bible, you will hear all these things happen to Paul, but Paul talked about it, it's, it's a light and momentary affliction um, because we have an eternity in heaven. And so I would tell people whether they, um, have know Jesus or not, just to open the Bible and to read the words for themselves because it is God's love story to us. And I think that is where we can find hope. I love that. God's love story. I've never heard it said that way before. Everyone, what a treat this has been. Misty took us on an incredible journey. We've talking about what is it to be, to spark your soul message, what that looks like and the difference between someone who goes through and actually starts to tap into that message that your soul has been put, brought here forth, a message that's always been on your heart, that message that you felt in some way, shape or form for many times your life and what it looks like to finally embrace and express that message on the world. To learn how to trust what that next step is. Many of us know that there's a step that we need to take, but we might be marred in uncertainty and then unaware of where to step, or we might think we know, but we're not trusting fully in it. And Misty laid out a beautiful way of beginning to learn how to lean into and trust in taking that step. We talked about forgiveness, forgiveness and the power of it, how we can, and I loved what she said too, about forgiveness was not just a one and done process, but it was an ongoing journey. It was an ongoing, it was an ongoing thing that we do over and over and over again. And to me, that was so incredibly empowering and also refreshing too, because I felt in some way that, you know, I've, I've let myself off the hook when I'll do my forgiveness practice. And I think it's a one and done. And then it's almost like, okay, I I've done my part. Now I can release myself from it, but to actually hold myself to that higher standard of not just forgiving and then being done with it, but continuing to forgive, to continue to forgive. Because what I've also found for myself is inevitably when I need to forgive, there's not just the one person or the one thing, there's layers that have come in the form of it. You know, there's different emotions, different feelings, different things that I've begun to attach this event to other parts of my life. And to, to set that standard for an ongoing practice of forgiveness. What a beautiful practice that would be to engage. We talked about division and how we can begin to work through it. And she shared the beautiful story of being able to find that place of love and being able to see the humanity in one another. Gosh, what a gift that would be. What a great gift that you could give to your friend, your family member, your neighbor, the stranger on the street, the person across the way from you who has a sign on their lawn voting for somebody who's different than who you'd vote for. What if instead when you peered out your window and you opened your curtain to let a little light in, 
what if instead of looking out there and glaring and grimacing and saying some sort of muffled words under your breath, or maybe you vocalize it about how much you strongly dislike and what a moron they are for thinking that way. What if instead when you peered out and you allowed that first bit of light to enter into your window, you looked across and you said, I love you. I accept you. I appreciate you. And while we may not agree, I can still agree that you are a human being. And I can still acknowledge and respect that however you believe, while I may not agree with it, you likely believe in that way for me the same reasons I do. Because you, like me, are a human being. You, like me, draw breath into your lungs and have blood through your body and likely want what's best for your friends, your family, and your community. And you likely believe that just the way that you're going about things is going to be that route to it. And I love you for that. I love you for honoring what you believe. I love you for being a human being. Whew, what a world that would be. Right. See, this has been such an incredible gift. Thank you so very much for sharing with us and to bring some light in how we can all spark our soul messages today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jesse. Bet. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to